Hello and welcome to Cryptids Decrypted, uh, the program where we take a look at some of the myths from the fringes of reality, poke a little fun at them, and, you know, go through their history. This is the third episode of our second season. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you're returning, thanks for your support. We really appreciate it. Now, you might notice it's been two episodes since we've had an interview, and to be honest, it's because I'm having trouble lining up cryptozoology guests. I, yeah, I don't know where they are. Uh, but I haven't gotten as many emails back as I have last season. So if you have somebody that you think would be great to have on the show or you want us to try and reach out to, uh, please just tweet at me. I'm at RealMacAshton. Uh, happy to hear suggestions and would love to have some new people on to interview. If you yourself uh, happen to be somebody in the field of cryptozoology or you've just got some cool cryptid stories you want to share, absolutely reach out to me as well. You can also email us at cryptidsdecrypted at gmail.com. Last thing before we get started, for those of you who don't know, I'm the host, Ashton McCauley. I am an author, and I write books about a monster hunter who gets drunk and goes after cryptids. My first book, Whiteout, is about him hunting a yeti in the Himalayas. It's a lot of fun, heavily inspired by Indiana Jones and other action films. And then I've also got a new book coming out. It's a novella, which means, you know, shorter book. So if you're trying to hit your Goodreads goals, this is a great way to do it. And that's about a man who dresses up like Sasquatch in an effort to maintain the myth and a tabloid reporter actually ends up calling the History Channel and some real monster hunters on him. Things escalate quickly. There's a lot of great action scenes. It's a really good time. So if you want more info on my writing work, I suggest you check out my website, macashton.com. Also, if you search Ashton McCauley on Amazon or wherever you buy books, I'm sure you'll find me. Hopefully you'll find me. And if you can't, then we're really selling less books than I thought. Anyways, enjoy the podcast. We're talking Loveland Frogman. It's a great one. Talk to you at the end. Today we're talking about uh, Loveland Frogman, which comes from at Real Nick Dorsey on Twitter, who has uh, filled my feed with pictures of the Frogman pretty much ever since we started doing this podcast. So Nick, this one's for you. He's also a fellow author, so you guys should check him out. He's got some interesting books out there that are pretty cool. But before we get into the uh, Frogman, uh, we have to get into a game. And I realized last time we did this that I, I didn't mention that John... Uh, my co-host here is actually the one who came up with Truth or Cryptid, so I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to be taking credit for that. This was John's excellent idea, and I've had a lot of fun doing it so far. So, John, I believe you have some uh, some Truth or Cryptid stuff for me. I'll get the theme music going in the background. Awesome, yeah, I do. Uh, so I got three three creatures. They are all Australia based. So <laughs> Australia, the land of so many things that can kill you. The first that we're going to roll with is the frilled neck lizard. This is described as small, uh, think miniature poodle-ish sized, and it is basically the dinosaur from Jurassic Park that, when threatened, its neck opens up like a tent, and it spits poison. Uh, it is a defense mechanism, uh, and it makes itself look bigger. The second is a Blue Mountain Panther. These are jet black cats. They live around the northwest area of Australia. They prowl city outskirts. The last one is a kookaburra. It is a colorful bird. has a toupee-ish uh, looking mop of hair on its head, allegedly. And it laughs mockingly at people. It screams strangely. And it eats anything that comes around. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, I've been to Australia, so I've seen two of those. Uh, 
I, uh, what's the name of the Frill Neck Lizard? Is it, the, it's not the Basilisk, that's the one that runs on water. Is it just called the Frill Neck Lizard? It is just called the Frilled Neck Lizard. Yeah, so that one's real. I've seen one of those. Uh, they were my favorite animal as a kid because the yeah the Dilophosaurus in Jurassic Park was actually modeled after that animal. Uh, they didn't actually know if it had the frill, but they added that for flair in the movies based on this real-life animal. So that one's real. And then the Kookaburra is is definitely real. So it's got to be that, uh, that Blue Mountain Panther is the cryptid. Okay, so Australia is a no-go for Truth or Cryptid. I, I'll keep that in mind for our next episode. Uh, wait, so tell me more about this Blue Mountain Panther. Yeah, so it's in the northwest area of Australia, uh, allegedly. There have been something like 560 sightings. Uh, the Australian government has launched several inquiries, damn near once every two years since like 1998, and they have just shut the book on it, told people to stop asking about it. Which, I mean, it's Australia, it's anything there could kill you, like I said, but it's weird that the government's like, they haven't produced evidence that it doesn't exist, and it is in the inner city as well as the bushlands, and that's a lot of sightings, but also big big feline creature in the dark, who knows? Yeah, and I mean, like like you said, there are there are plenty of things there that can kill you, so would not be surprising. Like that, as soon as you said that, I was like, depending on the third one, this is going to be a really hard question because that sounds real. <laughs> all right, so round two. Here are my three. Now I've kind of tried to to write all of these so that they sound so that they sound fake. You know, bear, bear that in mind. First up, the Mongolian death worm. This creature, so named for its ability to spew acid from its jaws, is a bright red worm residing in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. While rarely sighted, because it's a giant fucking desert, uh, many Mongolians are extremely fearful of these creatures, and some even say the movie Tremors is based off them. Okay. Animal 2. The testicle or ball-eating fish. Uh, A relative of piranhas, this fish was most recently found in a New Jersey lake. The fish is known for its teeth, which bear an eerie resemblance to human teeth. While primarily a plant eater, many fishermen are still fearful of its bite, particularly in their nethers. The third animal is the shocking pink dragon. This is a spiny millipede-like creature that is said to produce a substance similar to hydrogen cyanide on its skin that protects itself from predators. They are said to come out after particularly strong rainstorms in high numbers. Where are they based out of? Uh, God, I, I didn't write it down, but jungle, I think Indonesia, I want to say Indonesia. Okay, okay. Uh, second one, I feel like I've heard something about that, that, that sounds tenable and reasonable, and New Jersey, I've heard, is just a terrible place, and nobody should ever go there, and that is another reason why. The third one, man, Indonesia, and they're just, ugh. I'm gonna go with the Gobi Deathworm. that just sounds <laughs> yeah. not real. Um, it, but I, I yeah. yeah, the the piece I left out was that in the, in the legends, they're three to five feet long. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not, they are not real. Thank God. Uh, although that doesn't stop like, you know, people who do go out in the desert, they, they definitely tell tales of these worms and it's just think about like a dog sized worm coming out of the ground. And you said they spit acid. Yeah. Yeah. They spit acid from their jaws. Which, if you've seen Tremors, that kind of tracks, you know. I, I've not, I have not seen Tremors, unfortunately. Oh, that's a that's a wonderful, terrible movie that you should watch, and then not watch like the six that come after it. Yeah, I mean, are Rob Lowe is is Rob Lowe in any of them? No, you know, 
Oh, you know, it'd be really funny as if he is. I don't, I don't think he is, uh, but you know, plausible, uh, which brings me to the, the second segment of our show that we do every time. Hey, Rob Lowe, uh, welcome to Cryptids Decrypted. Thanks for being a fan. Uh, you know, 13 episodes later, you're still here. Maybe you come on the podcast soon. Moving on to the, the mystery that we're looking at today. The history of the mystery. History of the mystery for the Loveland Frogman. Where, so where did you first hear about this myth, John? Honestly, I, after researching it a little bit, I have some faint memories of like t-shirts and it rings a very distant bell, but until you pitched it, really I hadn't. And that's kind of the first, first time I had heard of it. And then I did some research and yeah. How about you? I think, I think it's gotta be from Nick Dorsey, uh, because so like I said, as soon as we started doing this cryptid podcast, he would, you know, keep pitching it to me every time we post a new episode of like, Hey, you should do one about Frogman." And the image I remember first seeing was the, have you, did you see the, the sketch artist when you were looking uh, through your research of just the frog uh, being chased by police, but it's done in a, a police sketch artist fashion. I saw the sketch from one of the officer's sisters. I don't think I saw the sketch if there were policemen in it. No, I think it, it looks like it's like running over a rail and it just looks like very afraid and giant. Yeah, frog-like. so that, that that is the, uh, and we'll get to this, that is from my research, the uh, Officer Matthews, Mark Matthews' sister sketched that to confirm what they saw. Um, and really a lot of artist renderings are of the frogman going over that railing. Hmm. Interesting. Well, let's let's get into it. Tell us how this how this myth got started. Sure. So a couple things that I would want to point out just to kind of provide some context is this is in Loveland, Ohio. Loveland, Ohio is in the southwestern part of the state of Ohio. It's in the greater Cincinnati area. Um, There's 13,000 people in the city of Loveland itself, but it is generally considered part of the greater Cincinnati area, which houses about 2.1 million people. Uh, and it does center around the Little Miami River, which is 111 miles long, and it passes through Springfield, Dayton, all the way to Cincinnati as it goes through Loveland. Yeah, and Loveland itself is pretty small, right? Loveland is like five square miles total. Yeah, yeah. It's a very and narrow, narrow region for this myth starting. Absolutely. And again, 13,000 people may not sound like a lot, but when you consider that's within five square miles, that's that's actually a pretty dense population. It's a suburb. At the end of the day. So this myth dates back to 1955. And a lot of people think that the the original story happened around May, but there's no confirmation of that. Um, The original spotting traces back to some kind of businessman. And it is a very nebulous story that has kind of changed a little bit as the tides of time have moved on. And it starts with this businessman who's driving down the side of the road and he's driving down a side street and he spots this congregation of three, three and a half to five or four feet tall creatures. And in one story, they're on the side of the road. In one story, they're on top of a bridge. In one story, they're under the bridge. And one thing to note is around the little Miami river, there are a ton of bridges. And in the area that it's described as is happening, it's very poorly lit. So keep that in mind. So he pulls off to the side. He's looking at these hairless creatures that have deep wrinkles on their heads and they have webbed hands and feet and they're congregating for a few minutes. And when he finally decides that maybe it's time to go, 
One of them pulls out a wand-like device or shape and holds it over his head and sparks start shooting out of it. So once these sparks shoot out of the wand, this businessman takes off, scared, frightened, runs. Yeah, as you do when you see a wizard frog in the middle of the night. Like, fuck. Potentially three of them. (laughs) Three wizard frogs. Yeah. Now, uh, the next major sighting that we have is in 1972, and there's actually three of them in that span. One a little less outspoken and bold as the other two. Police officer Ray Shockey in March of 1972 was driving down a road and he saw something run across the road in front of his vehicle. He describes it as being three to four feet long and between 50 and 75 pounds. It had leathery skin. And this is, I'm sure, what you've seen the artist renderings of. It stood erect to climb over the guardrail and then go down into the Little Miami River. Now, Officer Matthews, or Officer Shockey, drove all the way to the station and then came right back with Officer Mark Matthews. And they found scrape marks leading down the side of the small hill into the river. Scrape marks could have been anything. Keep that in mind. Two weeks later, Mark Matthews, um, another officer in the same station, the one that Ray Shockey went and grabbed to go investigate with him, was driving around in the same general area when he saw something in the vicinity. He killed it because allegedly he thought nobody would believe him on what he saw, and he stowed the body. He then showed it to Ray Shockey, who confirmed, yes, this is what I saw. This is absolutely the same thing. A farmer in the area between that two-week span also confirmed to investigators that they saw a frog-like or lizard-like creature described very similarly to the creature that Matthews and Shockey had found and Mark Matthews had killed. Now, to add a little bit more, Mark Matthews' sister, as we described a little bit earlier when we were doing the intro, actually sketched a drawing of what they saw and both uh, officers confirmed Yes, this is exactly what it was. And Ashton, I don't know if you found what that artist rendering looks like, but it's pretty creepy. And it looks like a humanoid frog. Uh, it looks tall and it looks like it's getting ready to climb over. Yeah. The, you know, said railing. So looks plausible. Webbed and clawed feet, all those types of things. Um, now, one thing to note is from all the research I've done, Mark Matthews has taken a lot of heat for this. And a lot of people have called him crazy throughout the years. And Anytime he's around, people ask him about the Loveland Frog. So in 1999, he did come out and say, no, the creature he killed was just a large iguana. It was three to three and a half feet long and it was missing its tail. And he assumes that it got out of somebody's house and ran around and got away and it was sick. Apparently, at some point, he was talking to somebody about a book and that author of, you know, a cryptid related book left out the fact that he claims it was just a large iguana. Now, whether that's true or not, we'll never really know. Um, The last major sighting in August of 2016, so I do want to call out May, March, and August are the months that we've seen these sightings. A couple kids in Loveland were playing Pokemon Go, and they were walking around, and they looked down into the lake there and saw a giant frog walking on hind legs. They took video, they took several photos but it's, it's super grainy, and if you go and actually look at it, yeah, the frog looks large, and it looks like it has two eyes that are glowing and, you know, reflective of when you take a photo of something and the flash re- or reflects off eyes or something glassy or watery. So take that for what, it's, what you will, but after that happened, 
Mark Matthews called in and said, no, this is bullshit. This is a hoax. They don't know what they saw. This isn't true. Ray Shockey doesn't know why he would have done that. He's documented and on record saying, you know, I don't get why so many years later you would refute saying that, but it does seem weird that he would come back. Maybe he just wanted to get in the media or something along those lines, or he's convinced himself since then that he didn't see what he saw, but you know, who knows? Yeah. I think that that's interesting too. So, you know, in another recent turn, if you look at the original, one of the original people who saw uh, Bigfoot. God, I always forget if it's Patterson or Gimlin. One of them is dead, uh, but it's the uh, one or both of them are dead, and it's it's the one where you know Bigfoot walks across the screen for seven seconds. The the son of the one who died said that on his deathbed, his father confessed that the footage was faked. And now a lot of people, if if you've listened to the the interview from the first episode of this season, we talked about how. You know, if your if your father is being painted as crazy for and constantly being asked about the Bigfoot legend, the one thing you might want to do when you're dying is is give your family some peace, or you know maybe the son just wanted some peace and decided to say it was all made up. Try and save face for the family. Yeah, because it's not like you know being into cryptozoology in general bad for your health, and that bad for your image too. Yeah, and that's you know that's what this sounds like too to a degree because I can understand seeing a big iguana. And shooting it, but it doesn't kind of make sense that you'd have the the two stories there that are conflicting. And also, uh, big iguana doesn't look, I don't know, doesn't look much like a bipedal frog. Do, do iguanas run on their hind legs? No. No, not that I know of. I mean, I'm thinking of like, like, what did this guy think? It was a Komodo dragon that didn't have a tail? Yeah, well, so it, it, I think he did say, like, so the, the iguana, iguanas can lose their tail. When, you know, when it's really cold or like if they're just not built for the environment. I But I mean, it's it's Ohio in, in late spring, summer. So, yeah, that one was in March. So coming out of wintertime. But yeah, it does look like knows? iguanas can kind of run on their hind legs, but not really. Not enough to like look bipedal. But so that's interesting, at least. And then uh, the Pokemon Go sighting, looking at those those photographs it like to me that looks like a dude in a, like a, a dive suit when i look at that like it, it kind of looks like a black manta from aquaman yeah i was gonna say that same thing yeah so like i don't know maybe maybe it was somebody in a crazy suit because it doesn't i don't know that doesn't look like frog eyes right uh, but you know i guess who, who am i to say i i have never seen a a bipedal frog man. Yeah, but even even if you're looking at frogs, you're right. Those are too round. They're too big. They're too symmetrical. Yeah, it looks it looks man made, and that that's I mean it's kind of awesome dedication. If it's <laughs> if those kids were like, hey, let's cash in on this Pokemon Go craze and the Loveland Frog phase at the same time, like good on you kids. Oh, you think it was an inside job, and that's one of their friends? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hey, great summer prank. <laughs> yeah yeah i can that see that sounds amazing that's hilarious well done interesting thing too so when i was going through you know trying to find the history of this mystery as you know the episode says it's pretty difficult because it's it's all wrapped up in these initial sightings there's really there's three good sightings of the loveland frog and then a bunch of merchandise over the years and that's kind of it's kind of it oh yeah yeah and so you look at the initial sightings they're in 1955 uh, what came out in 1954? Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, so they are like almost back to back with, okay, people have had this in their head for long enough now. It's out of theaters, so they're not seeing it everywhere. 
and the imagination's running wild. Like, these sightings didn't happen before that film came out. The businessman did allegedly see him between 1 and 3 p- or one and three a.m. too. So, middle of the night, dude's probably tired, probably saw something going on underneath, like a drug deal or something, and he just, yeah, who knows? Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's three different versions of that initial story, right? There's one where it's just three figures standing like underneath the bridge there's some where it's just standing over a poorly lit bridge and then the last one is the one with the the wizard frog shooting sparks which is interesting on the side of the road yeah yeah but looking so looking around the u.s and beyond actually starting in starting in 1955 after after creature of the black lagoon came out there were sightings of frogmen gillmen or like you know just other other things that kind of look like lizard people coming out of the water and I want to credit a lot of this to an awesome article from, uh, let's see, where was it? Mysterious Universe. It was called Weird Encounters with Frogmen, Gilmen, and Other Amphibious Humanoids. Uh, it's a great website. So if you're into cryptids, definitely go check them out. And, you know, I can't take all the credit for this research because they, they did a fantastic job. Now, Gilmen and Frogmen, what's what's the differentiation there? You know, honestly, I don't know. So there's there's a couple of different types of drawings here. And if you, if you look at that article, you can see them. And... One, so the Gilmen, I, I think I would classify as they look more humanoid, maybe a little more sexy. Uh, but the, you know, because they got like, yeah, all the pictures are, of them are they're like ripped. They have abs. They've got legs. Uh, kind of, you know, like it's it stops short of showing their, their genitalia, but you can imagine. And their faces, in, in some of the drawings, they've got this elongated snout and like a lizard. And otherwise they look fairly human maybe a little scaly and i know that in, in some encounters with the gilmen they describe them as spiny or you know kind of like the creature from the black lagoon which has some frog-like features but i think in general just looks like a scaly man gotcha yeah now i will say for as brief as it was loveland has really cashed in on this there was a book written about it called the man from primrose lane and then there was there was an even a a musical made for it. Hot damn, it's the Loveland Frog. <laughs> they made a musical about something that was seen in three instances. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I'd go see it. That sounds great. Oh, absolutely. It sounds right up my alley. And, and you know, it's funny. So I think that it is interesting how it spread. So the Loveland Frog is something very specific to that region of Ohio. And I wonder if that is for merchandising, right? Like they wanted to, to pick it out and say, this is our thing. But... So around 1955, same same time you have that initial sighting, a woman claimed to have been swimming in the Ohio River when some sort of fishman or other amphibious beast yanked her down to the bottom. Uh, when they when she did get out, she was able to escape. There was a green palm print on her thigh that wouldn't go away for an entire week. So after this happens, she claims that she was approached by the army. So about a week later. And, of course, they wanted to cover up this encounter. Interesting. So, like, bioweapon that got loose and prayed around in the river or some kind of, I don't know, dive suit experimentation? Because I will say one major thing I, I looked into is there's no nuclear power plant or any radiation type thing. The power plant that runs that region, it's coal burning. So I maybe assumed maybe, maybe it's like the Ninja Turtles where it got goop on it and then it grew. I don't know. Yeah. Like where would the, like, where's the mythos behind it? It's, it is funny to me that there is no, there's no mythos around this. It's just, there's a frog person out there. Yeah. Just one sighting. And I got to say 1955 is awfully late 
for the origins of a cryptid. All the other ones, we have sightings dating back into what I feel like is the 1800s. Yeah, and so that's interesting. I'll, I'll skip ahead a little bit here to to kind of to kind of get to that point because you know you're right, and I think that everything I found in the U.S. originates after a creature from the Black Lagoon. That's the instigating incident. But if we go if we go up to Thetis Lake in British Columbia, Fishman, Gilman, whatever you want, they've been spotted a couple of times actually, and actually more frequently than that. They actually have some basis in Native American legends in the area about these fishmen. But in some of the more prominent cases, you've got like two kids who saw a fish-like man come out of the lake. It had scales, spines, and, you know, more dangerous than the Loveland Frogman, right? Because the Loveland Frogman just looks like a, a big frog. Now, what you're describing is like the creatures from The Witcher. Yeah. Three. Yeah. That are, like, the, down uh, by what are those the called? The Drowners? Yeah. 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 So this creature chased them all the way back to their car and actually managed to cut one of them with its spines. And the kids were so disturbed that the Royal Canadian Mounted Police actually came in to investigate the manor. Okay. So that's... That's, you know, that's something, you know, maybe it was a crazy person, uh, like, like a Jack the Ripper of the water, but you know, it, it's, it's at least got some basis in Native American legends. So that's a little, a little more believable, but jumping back to the U S so we had the woman who the army approached her and wanted to cover up her encounter with the frogmen. But then we've also got frogmen being sighted in Kentucky 20 years later, around 1975, a man there saw, said he saw a frog rooting around in his junkyard that he described as roughly human size with amphibian bulging eyes. It also had a forked tongue and black and white stripes. Uh, Ohio, plenty of people saw much taller humanoid frog creatures that appeared to be harmless. This is the the ripped frog man that I was talking about. But you do have these sightings along rivers all over the U.S. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. This this myth in particular, just it doesn't have a lot to it. It doesn't than, have weight to it. Yeah. I Like, you think about Sasquatch, there's just so much about Sasquatch. But not, with, not so with the Loveland frog. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was really excited to look into the frogman when I did really cursory research at first. And then... I realized how thin the mythos was and how there just isn't a ton around it. Yeah. So playing the playing the part of the the kind of conspiracy theorist here, here's here's my things for why the government would want to cover up a frogman. And I, I have three things. The first is an experimental diving suit that they're testing, right? Somewhere that kind of tracks with the government asking to cover it up. It tracks with the Pokemon Go story with how that looked if it wasn't just kids having fun. Why would they do why would they do tests in a super populated area of the Midwest in a river though? Yeah. Okay, here John. This is where it gets deep, right? Okay. So, the original test they have these new magic wands that the military is testing. It's the middle of the night. They figure no one's awake. They want to test if these frogmen can infiltrate Ohio without being seen. It's pretty thin. I'll, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's 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 pretty. Yeah, there's not. It's it's not a good one. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. The second one also related to military underwater operations. So probably not. But the third one. This one's the real kicker. And I think Alex Jones would get behind me here. And this this is <laughs> that's that's the bar. That's the okay. bar. If I can get Alex Jones to believe me then maybe we got a shot. And that is that there's fluoride in the water turning these safe citizens into frog people. Okay? The government is fluoridating Fluoride's the water. what you're going And with. then people are turning into frogs. But, 
Okay, I spoiler alert for for listeners. I live in the Portland metro area. Um, don't we have fluoride in our water? Yeah, you might. I grew up on well water. I I guess all I got from that was bad teeth and chemicals from the Hanford plant. So you know, yeah, fluoride might admit you're. Yeah, I guess you're not a frog person. So that kind of blows that theory full of holes. Yeah, I think that brings us to the. What do you think, John? Is this myth the uh, truth or, uh, or bullshit? Uh, well, first off, I'm wrong. Oh, do you not have fluoridated water? I thought Portland, Portland is did. the largest U.S. city without fluoride in its water. So <laughs> classic. So that pretty much means that every other major city has fluoride in its water. So Ashton, you living in a city that is larger than Portland, you have fluoride in your water. Yeah. Now let me pitch you this. Last summer, when it was nighttime out, I did hear a lot of frogs. And Ooh. I didn't see all the frogs I heard. So maybe some of them are frog people. Do you think they have that people. magic wand? You know what? I can't disprove that theory. So that is that is now my leading theory on the Seattle frogman. I love that we're just starting a new one. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what we have to do with this myth. There was, there's just not much here. So you know what? Yeah. Okay, we'll spread the myth that it's the fluoride in the water that creates the frogmen. So if you want to if you want to tweet about it, you can, you can tweet hashtag fluoride frogmen. It is hashtag PNW frogman. Hashtag as well, PNW please. frogman. Hashtag fluoride frogman. Hashtag hashtag Rob Lowe. Come on, cryptids decrypted. All the same thing. Okay, so John, bullshit or truth? Oh, a hundred percent bullshit. Just like when Harry and the Hendersons didn't win an Oscar. Now let me ask you this as a follow up: Where does it rate relative to the Jersey Devil? I mean, the Jersey Devil at least has a story behind it, and there's. Some kind of of reason why the Jersey Devil yeah, is but there. It's like, it's like. Oh no! Real, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Out of all the cryptids we've talked about, they are the two bottom of the barrel. Neither is like, yeah, because one is supernatural and one is just kind of of there. Like the Jersey Devil is what this woman had a tough birth. Er, yeah, birth. So she was like, "Damn this child!" And then the devil was like, "Okay." Your child's damn now, and it's now the Jersey It was devil. also their 13th kid, and Benjamin Franklin was mad at them, so he wrote a lot of nasty things. That's right. I keep forgetting about the whole presidential tie-ins. Yeah, yeah. And they lived in New Jersey, which is, again, from what I keep hearing and from what I learned on How I Met Your Mother, just a terrible place. Yeah, apparently there's fish with human-like teeth there, so, you know, oh, that are cousins of piranhas. Uh, and that bite your testicles. Well, so side note, they don't actually bite your testicles, they're just rumored to... Uh, they're, they oh, are vegetarian fishermen fish. are just scary. Okay, fishermen are just scared about it. Yeah. Um, well, that's a really good question. If what's what basis am I ranking these two on? Is it which one is more? So if you had to, if you had to pick one to be real, and you, and you were like you were just taking betting odds, and somebody's like, you have to bet on one of them. Which one are you betting on? Oh, Frogman. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. Like I think Frogman, this myth 100%. is absolutely horseshit. It's all marketing. And, and I really hope that that 2016 sighting was an awesome summer prank because they got so much news play and all that kind of stuff. I hope they have those articles framed and like tacked to their wall like a madman. Well, it, it, if you're going with that route, like it makes you wonder if the government of Loveland was like, hey, we need to sell some more merch and we got all these new t-shirts on, on our website. So uh, what can we do to drum up interest? I also want to do call out that like they're playing Pokemon Go. They're looking at all of these different types of creatures. So yeah, that plays into, oh, what's that thing down there? Oh, it looks weird because recency bias. They've been looking at Pokemon all day. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, you just, 
you never know. Like, it, it's got to be... That'd, that'd be really hilarious, though, if it was the Loveland government and they were like, hey, we are uh, we got to sell this merch. <laughs> we are low on funding. We, we have a $10,000 deficit in our budget. We need to clear it up in the next four months. Yeah, primary season isn't for another four years. Like, <laughs> we need something. Cool. Well, I mean, that's all, that's all I've got on this myth. Uh, oh, I did want to bring up one news story that I found very, very briefly. So I saw an article also on Mysterious Universe from February 12th, that's today, where fresh Bigfoot prints were found in Ireland. Uh, and they, they also talked to a woman who was scarred for life by a UK Bigfoot. So I, I have never heard of Bigfoot outside the US, usually when I hear about it on that side. I guess there was the uh, the Russian group who tried to find Bigfoot, but that ended up being a marketing ploy for a mining town to bring in tourism. Now, would you say a UK woman was scarred for life? Is that in Ireland or is that in the UK? So this article keeps referring to it as a UK Bigfoot, but then the park is in Ireland. Yeah, so if it's not in Northern Ireland, it's not in the UK. Northern Ireland is in the UK. The Republic of Ireland is its own country. Yeah, I guess it depends on where this park is. And if it's the park I'm thinking of, it's the biggest urban park. That's in Dublin. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. in Dublin. Hmm. So that's the Republic of Ireland. So come on, Mysterious Universe. We, we love you. Get this right. Yeah, this woman was apparently scarred for life because she saw it as a, a child. Uh, she said it was the most terrifying event of my entire life and caused me many problems. I searched for people, even back then, hoping they could explain the event away from me or give me a reasonable explanation of what I saw and why. That never happened. But people in my town also saw the same thing in the same park that I saw it. I guess Ireland has a uh, has a Bigfoot now. So welcome welcome to the club. Ireland has one in an urban park in Dublin. There it is. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know what we're going to do next, but keep the suggestions rolling because, you know, honestly, this is a thin myth, but it was, it was a fun myth to look into. I, I still enjoyed myself. Fun one to look into. Cool. Ashton, what movies have you seen lately? Uh, oh, man. Let's see. I, well, I watched everything for Best Picture except for uh, Marriage Story because I just wasn't interested in it. I was like, ah, eh, I lived a life of a divorced child. I don't want to watch it. Isn't that on Netflix? Yeah. Wasn't that yeah, so a Netflix original movie? Yeah, so the bar to is even low, and I still didn't watch it. I went and watched Tokyo Drift instead. Wait, wait, wait. So, but wasn't it a Netflix original movie? Yeah. And it, it was in the running for Best Picture. Yeah, but so was Roma last year, and Roma was also a Netflix original movie. Huh. Yeah, now, yeah. I need to go see. Well, I need to go watch Parasite. Yeah, Parasite's really good. Uh, you know, spoiler. I like it did win like you know f- the big four Oscars aside from acting. It is a horror comedy thriller <laughs> drama. Again, I really liked Snowpiercer. I like that director. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's, it's weird. Like Snowpiercer. It's just I I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. That's really good. Uh, like I said, I watched Tokyo Drift again recently. That movie holds up. And now that we know that Han is coming back in the next Fast and the hey, Furious movie. Hey, spoilers. Hey, he's in the trailer. I don't watch the, I don't watch the, the trailers. trailers. I like to be surprised. Yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing surprising about those movies anymore. How dare you? Yeah. What about you, John? Do you see anything good? Uh, Thinking, thinking, thinking. I uh, watched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Season three was weird and jumped the shark, in my opinion. Uh, and then my wife and I are going through the Toy Stories. She had not seen Toy Story 2 or 3, so we're going through those one at a time, and I think tonight we're probably going to watch Toy Story 4, finally. Disney Plus is a godsend. I cannot wait for my kid to be old enough to enjoy all the movies I watched as a Get kid. Get the tissues out, man. 
Those movies are so sad. I haven't seen four yet. I will. I will okay. watch it. No, three. I saw three in theaters, and back then I was tearing up, and then even this time. I knew it was going to happen, and as soon as they get in the landfill, uh, yeah, no, the tears start flowing. Yeah, because like three, three also came out my final year of high school, and it's about a kid going to college and leaving all his toys behind, and I was like, oh, God, this is, this is too close to home. Yeah. Good talk. Uh, good cryptids. You know, good, good truth or cryptid. I still love doing that. And uh, I don't know. We'll see y'all in about like probably three weeks because I, I have a, I have a book to edit and I really should be doing that instead of editing this podcast. All right. That wraps up this episode. A uh, few closing notes before I go. We've been looking into trying a few new formats and Love to hear your feedback. Also, if you have suggestions on formats, as always, we're here to listen. One of the ones, you know, tell us, would you, would you be interested if we watched a cryptid movie, such as Harry and the Hendersons, which we've mentioned every episode, and then we went and broke down what pieces of that movie are actually true to the myth and which pieces are totally made up. Is that something you'd be interested in? I don't know. Let us know. If you've got other ideas, uh, we're open to hear them. The next episode's probably going to be out in about three weeks because, as I said, I have a, a sequel to edit, and that's a lot of work, and turns out editing a podcast is quite a bit of work, too. But don't worry, we will be back. Hopefully, I'll line up some interviews coming up, and, you know, again, if you know anybody, send them our way. It's cryptidsdecrypted at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.